We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Analytics with Arjun. Um, coming off the heels of a very exciting week one game, a game that probably got closer than it should have, but Chargers pulling out the win, beating the Raiders by five, covering the minus three and a half point spread that was set for this game. Um, you know, overall, just my quick thoughts about that. I think the Chargers defense played pretty well. I think there's some issues that I definitely want to see cleaned up. Um, namely them trying to you know getting off the field on third downs especially earlier in the game but they did adjust well Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa looked all the like everything I hoped for as one of the best pass rushing duos in the NFL and you could not have asked for more of a dominant start to his charge career than Khalil Mack gave us um, on the other side of the field Justin Herbert looked like the elite quarterback we know he is I was a little bit disappointed with the conservative play calling but Joe Lombardi did admit that he thought they got too conservative at the end of the game so Hopefully, now that they're not playing mediocre opponents like the Raiders this week, um, they will uh, up the aggressiveness, even if guys like Keenan Allen aren't on the field. But, you know, plan of action for today, we're going to go through the scouting report that, again, I, I put together for every opponent for the Chargers. So looking at what the Chiefs did in week one, um, we're not really going to look at 2021 data, even though it's very early in the season, just because the Chiefs offense is completely new without Tyree Kill. And I think there is some signal that we can look at from 2022. So let's jump into that right now. So as you can see, we are doing Chargers weekly game plan, looking at team and uh, looking at specific team and personnel stats for the Chiefs. So first, as always, let's break down the Chiefs personnel packages. So you can see every team here. These. Um, I would say these percentages aren't exact. I think they're, you know, first of all, they come from a public data source, so it, it isn't the most precise, but, you know, I, I did want to make everything that I do public just because um, I want it to be recreatable for people that want to look at that, look at it themselves. But Chiefs, you know, they ran 11 personnel at a below average rate. They ran it 55.7% of the time against the Cardinals. I'm curious if part of that is because they were winning for most of the game, so they went a little bit heavier and they didn't want to show all their good plays from 11, but a lot of plays from 11, or a majority of plays from the 11 did run a lot of 12 personnel, which we kind of expected, and a decent amount of 13 personnel, which, you know, is something I definitely want to touch on a little bit later. Chargers, 
um, ran 11 personnel about 56.5% of the time, a good amount of 12 personnel, which again, I'll talk about later when I do a self-reflection for the Chargers. Looking at the Chiefs defense, um, ran a lot of six men in the box, which we should expect just because the Chiefs were playing from ahead for most of the game. So they really weren't, they really didn't need to add another man in the box. And once you're up like 20 in the first half, you're kind of just playing prevent defense and not allowing big plays. So uh, Chiefs played pretty light on Sunday and something I probably expect, expect to continue um, against the Chargers this Thursday. Breaking it down by running the pass, as you can see, a much, much larger sample size against the pass, which again, should be expected since the Chiefs were winning for most of the game. Chiefs um, adding mostly five and six guys in the box on the unexpected pass players or pass plays in general and running a lot of six men boxes against run plays. So now let's transition to, you know, the Chiefs offense, which is kind of the most important part of, of the Chiefs and this report that I put together. So the, the first thing I wanted to look at, um, and again, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, or wherever you're listening, I would encourage you to come to YouTube just because I have all the visuals and everything in a graphic form for people to look at. But I you know, totally understand if you can't, but um, how the Chiefs per performed out of each personnel package in week one. The Chiefs average 0.73 EPA per play, which stands for expected points added, uh, basically a way of measuring how much better or how many points the Chiefs added every time they ran a play out of 13 personnel. So you can think of this as the Chiefs added 0.7 points every time they ran a play out of 13 personnel and they ran eight plays, which in, in a season long sample size is obviously very small, but in, in a one game sample, eight plays is, is enough to say, okay, this worked. Now, I would say part of this is because the Chiefs ran 13 personnel in the red zone and they did, I believe, score two touchdowns out of 13 personnel. So you know, when they go 13 in the red zone, it's something that we've seen be successful this past Sunday and something that we should definitely should keep an eye out, um, especially in, in the red zone. But again, they were very successful out of 11 personnel, average about 0.64 EPA per play, ran 39 plays out of 11 personnel. They did pass more than expected on out of 13 and 11 personnel. When they did go heavier in 22, per 22 personnel or 21 personnel, they did run the ball more than expected and didn't perform as well as they did in 13 and 11 out of 12 personnel, which was, which was their second most used formation. Um, they only average about 0.06 EPA per play, which isn't, you know, it, it's, it's fine, but it isn't great. And, but they did pass a ton over expected um, out of 12 personnel. So it's definitely something to keep in mind. Now looking at the chiefs depth chart and like how each of their players were used in terms of snap counts, um, Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire basically split snaps, and then Pacheco, uh, however you say his name, came in towards the end of the game. So not really too worried about him, but um, McKinnon and Edwards-Hilaire kind of the RB1, RB2. In terms of the tight ends, it does seem like Noah Gray is the preferred tight end out of 12 personnel. Um, he actually had more snaps than Kelsey out of 12 personnel. So when Kelsey needs a breather and they're probably going to run the ball, they'll put in Jody Fortson, and he only got three snaps out of 12 personnel. Out of 13, Kelsey, Gray, and Fortson are the guys. Um, and then, again, like out of 22 personnel, when Kelsey needs a breather on offense, they'll take him out and put Gray and Fortson in the block. So kind of, again, these are things that if I was presenting this to a coach on the Chargers, I'd be like, okay, when Fortson and Gray are in the game and Kelsey's out, you know, I, I'd run a little bit. I'd have to check this a little bit more, but there's a higher chance that they run the ball because Kelsey's out and they're giving Kelsey a breather so he doesn't have to block. So when they're passing the ball, he has his full energy and his full strength um, on the receiving end. 
Um, on the on the receiving side of the ball, in terms of receivers, uh, uh, MVS, uh, Juju, and McCall Hardman were the preferred receivers by the Chiefs last Sunday. Um, you know, MVS and Juju were the guys in 12 personnel that were used the most often. Hardman and Watson did rotate here and there. Out of 13 personnel, interestingly, McCall Hardman was the only receiver that got snapped. So, you know, you, you I think when they're in 13, they kind of know they're going to be a little bit heavier and have a lot more possession possession receivers. So they get someone like Hardman, who is probably the best field stretcher out of all of these guys and has the most juice in terms of short field quickness. So that's an interesting tidbit. But again, you can pause the screen if you want to and, and dive into this a little bit deeper. Now going into how the Chiefs performed out of each offensive formation. So to no one's surprise, very successful out of shotgun, very successful out of empty and very successful out of single back. Pretty much any the three major formations they ran their plays out of on Sunday against the Cardinals, they were extremely successful. They threw the ball way more than expected. And you can see in this pass rate over expected column, they threw the ball way more than expected out of shotgun and empty. But when they were under center, they did run the ball a little bit more than expected. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Again, with the Chiefs, it's tough because a large majority of, or a decent majority of their game or a decent non-majority, a decent part of their game did come in these in this garbage time um, era where the Chiefs were kind of up by like 20, 27 or 28 and they weren't really showing off their offense. But it is notable that they were extremely successful out of shotgun, out of empty and out of single back. Averaging 0.6 out of shot, 0.6 EPA per play out of shotgun, 0.4 uh, EPA per play out of empty, and 0.4 EPA per play under uh, out of single back. Even though under single out of single back, they did run the ball more than expected. They were pretty bad in eye formation, but again, only one um, one game of of data to go off of. So not you know nothing too notable from that. In terms of their in terms of their defense, going back to that, um, the Chiefs did send a decent amount of pass rushers. So they sent an average of four point two nine pass rushers on every pass, which are on defense, which ranked fifth in the league. They did blitz at the ninth highest rate in the league, blitzing about twenty one point seven percent of the time, um, in week one against the Cardinals. So this is an issue that I I brought up on the on the uh, the. The team, uh, the, the like the whole guilty as charged week one review episode on Sunday that the Chiefs blitzing is going to require the Chargers to have guys that can get open immediately. And that's what Keenan does, but no one else can really do that. So guys like Josh Palmer or DeAndre Carter really need to step up in that area to where Herbert has an outlet when Spags sends these exotic blitzes or exotic stunts or twists that he normally does because the Chiefs are going to send a lot of guys more more often than the NFL average. The Chargers kind of just league average team in both um, categories in terms of average pass rushers and bliss rank. Um, this is, you know, a table I, I like to look at, but isn't like too notable because it's only one game of data. Um, Patrick Mahomes threw to the left most of the game against the Cardinals. Interestingly enough, he only had three throws deep um in in the game against the cardinals and all of them went to the left side of the field so that's you know kind of where we'd expect him to take his shots he's not really going to be throwing right even though he was really really successful throwing right even though i think most of that came from end zone opportunities the the best receivers from the chiefs using epa per play or total epa actually as a proxy um kelsey you know pretty much added 11.6 points to the chiefs on sunday edwards hilaire 
um, added or his total EPA was 6.2. Marquez Valdez Scandling total EPA 4.8. Juju 3.1. And then it's just a whole bunch of like, okay, they didn't, they kind of added something, but it wasn't anything too important. Um, so, you know, obviously we know the top weapons of the, on the Chiefs are Kelsey, MVS, Juju, and and Hardman, and Edward Hilaire is, is snifty out of the backfield. Definitely something or someone that we should um, be on the lookout for. Um, this data, I, you know, I couldn't really, I, it's, it's important obviously, but it isn't full yet. Uh, unfortunately, the, the public data said we'll have some, you know, errors here and there. And uh, obviously the Chiefs ran the ball more than um, 13 times, which is what the graph indicates here. But that's, that's just the sample that I had to work with. So the Chiefs pretty bad running the ball left. So this is running behind Tooney and Orlando Brown, which is pretty interesting would have thought that they do better uh, running left than right. But, you know, again, I might be wrong there. I do believe Trey Smith is questionable coming into this game. Again, I'm recording on Tuesday. So um, at the time he was questionable. But yeah, again, not too much to take away from this just because the data that I'm using, the public data, uh, unfortunately has some uh, just, I guess, missing values in, in their rushing data. And again, same thing here. So don't really, don't really feel like seven rushing plays to, to evaluate the Chiefs rushing defense is going to be anything too notable. Um, but yeah, we can look at the Chiefs rushers again, missing some carries. I think Edward Hilaire had like 13, McKinnon had seven. Um, but Edward Hilaire, very, very productive in those eight rushes that I was able to get, averaging about 0.2 EPA per rush, which, if you don't know, is like one of the would be one of the greatest running back seasons in NFL history. McKinnon, on the other hand, not so successful. So I think Edward Hilaire is the product of playing with the first team offense and McKinnon, you know, when, when the Cardinals know the chiefs are going to run, he's kind of running into those heavy boxes, but Edward Solaire definitely is the better back of the two uh, in terms of pure rushing. Now quickly just doing a self scouting for the chargers, pretty standard brand is Haley distribution, a lot of five and six men boxes. Um, and then breaking it down by pass and run, you can see that the chiefs or the Raiders passed a lot more, then I guess people would have initially thought they did pass, I believe, 42 times. So Saley running a lot of six-man boxes, a lot of five-man boxes. And when the Raiders were, or when the Chargers expected the Raiders to run, they did stack the box a little bit more, running a lot of six, seven, and eight-man boxes. On the Chargers on Sunday, um, in terms of how they performed out of each personnel package, they were their best personnel was 12 personnel. So I believe when they ran 12, they were running it with Everett and Trey McKitty. So Everett had a couple of nice catches. McKitty had one really bad drop, but other than that, he looked okay. Um, out of 12 personnel, they did pass the ball more than expected. Out of 11 personnel, they did run the ball more than expected, which is interesting. And they only average about 0.08 EPA per play. And I think part of that is because they did run the ball way too damn much out of 11. So definitely want to see that change a little bit. Um, they were a little bit successful out of 21 personnel, averaging 0.03 EPA per play. But again, they were running way too much in those two personnels. And um, I understand we had the whole discussion about it on the review show. So make sure to go check that out if you want to see it. But, you know, you can pause the screen and, and look at this a little bit more. In terms of how they performed out of each offense formation, very successful out of shotgun, average 0.376 EPA per play. Um, they ran out, they uh, ran a play out of shotgun about 33 times, and they did throw more than expected out of shotgun. So you know, things that we'd expect to see continue to go, things we'd expect to see going forward, 
um, and be able to continue this this trend of being very good at a shotgun and passer more than expected. Definitely going to need that against the Chiefs because you want to give Herbert all the time and ability to see the defense before he hikes the ball, especially with how exotic Spagnuolo likes to um, play his defense. And you know, going back to this table, how the Chargers perform throwing the ball to each part of the field again not the best table to look at in the first couple of weeks of the season, but definitely something I want to look at and, you know, just to get some insights about where Herbert was throwing it. So um, a lot of throws to the right side of the field um, and some throws left and short. He was again, very successful throwing the ball deep. Anytime, anytime he threw the ball past 20 yards, the offense added about five points of play um, and throwing the ball over the middle was really successful, even though he didn't do it very often, which, is again, I think just a product of Lombardi's offense rather than Herbert's decision making. Um, the last two graphs are about the Chargers rushing, which again, the sample size and the the data is a little bit skewed. So I um, don't really want to go too much into that just because I don't think the data is is too accurate. But the final three things I wanted to talk about, just some graphs on Twitter that I thought were notable. Um, so going back to sharing my screen, you can see here in this graph, we're looking at every team's pass rate over expected. So basically, given the situation of the game, uh, what is the percentage chance that we'd expect a team to pass? And then we'd look at how much they passed above or below that expectation. The Chiefs, to no one's surprise, passed the ball at the second highest rate over expected. The Chargers right around league average, um, hovering a little bit above that and passed more than expected. We want this number to be in the top seven, top six just because you want to lean into the, into the strengths of Justin Herbert. But Brandon Staley, I mean, I'm sure he knows already, but the Chiefs are going to be throwing the ball. The strength of that team is not running the ball. It's passing the ball. So you got Staley got the guys up front to play the light boxes to invite the Chiefs to run, and we want them to run. Hopefully, if they do run, they do get stuck, and we put them in those expected pass situations. But, yeah, Chiefs are going to be running the ball or passing the ball pretty much all game. And this graph by my colleague Timo Riske is, is one of the best graphs out there. You know, he'll put it out weekly. But as it loads, it's basically looking at um, how often teams convert every set of downs into a first down or a touchdown. So Chiefs converted 89% of their set of downs into touchdowns or first downs, which was first in the NFL by 6%. The Chargers, 72%, which is 1% above the league average. The problem with the Chargers is only 8% of their first downs, they converted into another first down or a touchdown. That was the second worst mark in the league, only ahead of the Cowboys, who, if you didn't watch Sunday Night Football, looked awful. So I talked about how Joe Lombardi needs to be throwing the ball a little bit more on first down, and you can't be as conservative on first down because you want Herbert to have three downs to pretty much make a decision on what is the best way to get a first down. And usually the best way to get a first down with for the Chargers is going to be throwing the ball. I understand if the run game's working, you can lean on that, but it wasn't working. So I hope the Chargers can improve this percentage. You definitely want to be in, again, the top six or seven for this. But the Chiefs are going to be able to move the – like, I'm expecting them to be able to move the ball at will, and they did that against the Cardinals last week. Final graph. Um, looking at um, quarterback uh, – the ability of a quarterback to take sacks versus um, not take sacks. So as you can see, Herbert, his blocking wasn't the, like, I thought it was okay against the Raiders. Um, but, you know, some of the advanced metrics didn't really like it, said the Chargers were an, a below average pass blocking unit. 
So Herbert did save about 2.5 sacks on his own. He didn't get sacked at all. And, but I guess PFF, um, some of the numbers we use were projecting the Chargers to get sacked or Herbert to get sacked about like 2.5% or 2.5. They were expecting him to get sacked 2.5 times. So pretty much two or three times and he didn't get sacked at all. So this, this graph is important because you see Herbert up here or down here, which means his pass blocking was bad, yet he overcame that, similar to Philip Rivers in his prime. But you also see Mahomes, who had who prevented the second most amount of sacks as a quarterback. So just because you know you face Derek Carr, who if you don't look at this top left, he took the most sacks, like I guess overexpected, or he prevented the least amount of sacks that he could have. It's not going to be the same thing going from Derek Carr going from trying to sack Derek Carr to sacking Khalil, uh, going from sacking Derek Carr to sacking Patrick Mahomes are two different things. And it's something that I hope Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are ready for, because as, as they probably know, sacking Mahomes is not the easiest thing in the world. So even if they get a ton of pressure, I'm not really expecting a big sack game. And I do think it's going to come down to coverage, which I'll talk about um, right now in, in my kind of like preview, like my prediction for this game. So the Chiefs at the time of at the at the time of this recording, wow, I can't speak right now. At the time of this recording, the Chiefs are about four and a half point favorites. Um, at the time of week one starting, the Chiefs were minus three, which means they're expected to win by three or more. Now they're minus four and a half. It's probably going to go to minus five by Thursday, which is pretty much the book signaling signaling they think the Chargers' injuries are significant, which I do think they are. Not having Keenan is big because Spagnuolo is going to force Herbert to get the ball out quick. And if no one's open, then that's going to be a problem. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, like I thought the defense looked great against the Raiders. Mac had one of the best performances I've ever seen from a, a Chargers edge player. But this Chiefs offense is different, man. And like I know they lost Tyree Kill, but they just reloaded that offense and they changed the way, you know, defenses have to play them with the type of receivers they have. And I know the Cardinals defensive game plan wasn't the best and that's not how I would approach trying to stop the Chiefs but few teams can rush four and play coverage effectively in the back end if the Chargers have JC Jackson I'll feel I'll feel much better about this game and I'd even say take four and a half um, but if they don't have JC Jackson they don't I'm not sure if they have the guys on the back end to hold up I know Derwin's if he's get if he gets matched up on Kelsey for a majority of the game Kelsey will probably get locked down but it's the other guys I'm worried about. And while Asante did have a really good pick, he did allow 100 yards to Devontae Adams. And no one on the Chiefs is Devontae Adams, but Andy Reid knows how to scheme people open like no other. So I am a little bit worried about that. And not having J.C. Jackson just means a more a higher potential to have weak links in the secondary, which, which do matter. So I, I think at the end of this day, the game comes down to whether the Chargers can contain Mahomes in the pocket I think if he breaks the pocket, like which we've seen every year, the Chargers have played the Chiefs. He'll break the pocket. The Chargers will miss a sack opportunity, and the Mahomes will make some crazy off-balance throw for 30 yards to Kelsey or something. I think the Chargers can contain him, keep him in the pocket, force him to hit the checkdowns and wrap up, and be able to stop the run on early downs and force the Chiefs to run. I know it's asking a lot. That's how they'll win. And I, I even without Keenan, I think the Chargers will be able to score points against this Chiefs defense. And now they're missing Trent McDuffie. I just, you know, I just think if they're, if they keep an aggressive mindset, pass more than expected, um, pass on early downs, pass often and early, I think they'll win this game. But again, it's, it's going to be a tough one going into Kansas City. Luckily it's early in the year, so it's not that cold, but 
you know, the Chiefs in, in the early part of the year, the offense is one of the hardest to figure out. And I'm not, I, I really don't know if the Chargers are going to be able to do that, especially without JC Jackson, most likely without JC Jackson. But um, appreciate you guys staying till the end of this episode. I know it's a long one, but happy to keep doing these every week, giving you guys some in, an insight into the Chargers opponents through an analytical lens. So um, hope you guys enjoy the game on Thursday. I know I, I definitely will. And as always, bolt up. Thank you.